Sell me your car today. This is Clay Edwards, and I want to buy your car, truck, or SUV today. Are you tired of dealing with all the marketplace maniacs and the Craigslist crazies? I hear nightmare stories every day about counterfeit checks for vehicles here in central Mississippi. Did you know if you get ripped off with a counterfeit check, your insurance company will not cover you? Let me make you a fair market value offer for your vehicle today. Contact me today at claybuyscars.com. That's claybuyscars.com. All right, we are back. This is the Clay Edwards Show. It's hour two with Sean Yurkaran here in the 103.9 FM WYAB studios. This segment, uh, how about in honor of old Chipper Dipper, Chip Matthews, who's just in the studio with us, how about you guys get out to Acme Pizza and Daiquiri tonight and help support a patriot, an American patriot, a Madison County freedom fighter. Get out there and support Chip Matthews tonight. And uh, let him know you appreciate him fighting corruption out there in Madison County. But you're going to have to go to Rankin County to do it. Uh, Acme Pizza is on the reservoir right out there at at Fannin Mart. Man, go get you a great pizza, some pasta, some daiquiris. They got daiquiris to go. I mean, I said this on the radio yesterday. Am I in Louisiana? Am I at Daiquiri World? Am I at that Am I at that drive through daiquiri bar right there at the Delta exit? The Loho? The, is that what it's called? I thought it's called Loho. Is it? it was a Chevron. Maybe it may have a nickname. You know the bar, the little the, the little shanty looking bar right there. No, no, no. That's the world. The world. Okay, that's, that's the right. The, the I always call that. I don't know why I call it the Loho. But well, on the other side, like if you're going, if you're going west, it would be on your left hand side. Yeah, at, at, at the exit is a Chevron gas station with a huge liquor store in it, and and there's like the porn store over there, right? The Lions the Den or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And then in the parking lot, they've put a, a drive through daiquiri hut. Ah. Well, you can't drive through Acme yet. They are working on that. They're efforting that. But you can get out and go in and get your daiquiris to go or have them delivered. So get out there. Check out Acme Pizza and Daiquiris tonight for a good time. Uh, Again, open from 4 p.m. to midnight right out there. Fan and Mart on the res. Chip says they got the best meatballs in town. Uh, I might take his word for it because I ain't going to a pizza place and not getting pizza. So. But, hey, to each their own, try the dynamite balls while you're there. All right, Sean, let's jump in. Oh, hey, coming up after the show in the 9 a.m. hour, Jim Thorne's music show, his weekly music show today, legendary blues man Jesse Robinson will be his guest. Should be a great show. So it's Friday. It's time to unwind. You know, when I leave here on Fridays, God bless everybody else still creating content. I'm listening to music. Mm-hmm. It's time to unplug, unless something crazy happens. It's time to unplug for a little bit. Which you never know around here. You something, never know. I mean, just like we were just talking about the break, about the shooting downtown in Jackson. So. Yeah, man. So there was a, a woman got shot, I'm guessing, out in front of a bar, possibly, on... I think it's from an electric building. From an electric building? I don't know what I think the... that's what I was told this early today. Yeah, so let's let's start there. Woman found by Capitol Police after being shot in leg. And I have photos. At 4 a.m., yeah. I have photos of this. Um, if anybody is interested in seeing them, I can't decide if I want to post them to Facebook yet or not. But they are uh, the woman. I definitely got pictures of the woman shot. Uh, there are people who live in and around those buildings and are able to look down and say, "Oh, look, mm-hmm. chaos in Jackson." Let me take a picture. That's and a nice building. I actually, the apartments. It's a great nice. area. I mean, yeah. it's a great building. I mean, but this this is the kind of stuff that will prevent that area from development. Sean, could you imagine being one of the developers that went through and uh, Sunny? Uh, forget Sonny's last name, y- y- Yeti, maybe. Anyway, Sonny, Sonny with an I, and his crew, they went in and they redid that, um, the old federal courthouse 
and the um, oh yeah, there's a Walthall buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen those. Sure, and, and I know they didn't even renew anybody's leases down there. I think they're maybe just Airbnb in them. I don't know what they're waiting on, or so they're not they're not apartments anymore. Now, from my understanding, did they that. didn't renew any leases down there. But oh, I, th- man. I think you can Airbnb. You know, I don't know what they're doing, kind of what they're waiting on, what the plan is. That's a massive development sitting That's down there. Rather new, right? Yeah, yeah. Rather, right. new. I've got video. I did a tour of it mm-hmm. while they were doing it, and it's a. Uh, again, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but my understanding was they did not renew any of the like apartment leases. Oh God, I hate to hear that. Okay, you know. So yeah. again, what they're doing with it? If it's sitting there, if it's sitting there locked up, I'm not sure. But very interesting. Then you got you have all the people that did the electric 308 building, mm-hmm. Standard Life, King Edward. And I'm sure there's some other buildings that I uh, – what's the one by the governor's mansion? Um, the plaza. The plaza. You know, I, I don't know what the occupation – I mean, the occupancy of these things are. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they ain't full. You know, I hate that, Clyde, because um, I was just thinking about this the other night. I moved into the – I lived downtown before the King Edward opened. The King Edward opened in January of 2010. But I moved downtown in 08 and um, lived in over in, on Tom Bigby. So, of course, you know, everybody that grew up in Jackson once wanted to live the King Edward. At least I did because sure. you know, we used to climb in as a – in high school and you know it was shut down and so well, the minute so i you know got out of my lease there and i was one of the first people moving the king edward and it and it was great it was really cool the first couple of years there and they were telling us that they across um the street they were going to build all these like little supermarkets and you know bars and things bars. that never came never happened but they had you know they had actually they'd done some of the work on the facade back then yeah. i remember and now we're talking about now i was thinking about it's almost 14 years ago this january they moved in there and there was all this promise about i mean and you got to think about it that was a big project i mean you went into king edward back in the 90s yeah. i'm sure it was a it was a complete mess the kind of work they had to do to fix that up and it's so then i went there this summer i was like i'm gonna go by there and go by the bar and have a beer or whatever and uh you talking to bartenders and and it's it's um it's really kind of gotten not I'm not gonna call it run down. It still looks nice. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look bad, but there's definitely like not. I don't think there's as many tenants as there was, sure. and, and that's kind of. And then they had to they were trying to auction not auction but sell the building earlier this year, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Just sad to see that that happened. I mean, there was a strong rumor going around that it was going to have closed at the first of this of this year. Yeah, and it, it and it stayed open, but. Uh, I'm sure there were some deals worked. I would have to assume mm-hmm. uh, to have kept it open and some serious changes made. I I'd be surprised if if some business leaders didn't threaten to just close up shop and leave if there wasn't a change made at the police chief. Uh, sure, you know, a, a serious effort actually put in to curve some crime. And I think there were, you know, it seems like this when I saw that this morning. It's there hasn't been other than this. There hasn't been a, a lot, bunch of crime downtown over the last year. It's been relatively. Remember, there was all those drag races there like a year ago, uh, and all I'm, that kind of stuff that's going on. I'm guessing the Daiquiri Bar is not open anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because that's that was the source of a lot of the chaos down there. Yeah, you know, and I know the owners of that, and I mean, good guys, but you, you know, it is what it is. You put a bar with with DJs and a, you put a club. Somewhere it's going to bring out late night club activities. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean you know this better than anybody, right? Yeah, so. I mean, it just it, you can't control that kind of stuff, and so it's, it's going to bring out that type of stuff. When you have residential mixed in with a nightclub that's open until mm-hmm. two, three, four in the morning, there's going to be problems. There was a bar you might remember when I lived at the King Edward. Um, they were having big problems with called like the Skybox or something like that. Do you remember that? 
Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It was right there next door to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a huge amount of problems from that place going on at that time. And, and uh, so people were all, everybody was, it was funny because it was just kind of the start of people living downtown and they formed like the downtown neighborhood association and people were just complaining like, Hey, this is my neighborhood now. Like you can't have this bar. It was, it was, it was kind of funny, but yeah, it was, it was a big mess. And then one of the guys that owned that, I think God was, was involved in a murder and he, was on the run. Do you remember that guy? Yeah. Sean something. I can't remember. I, I remember all that. Here's, here's the problem, man. <clears throat> these people open up these bars. <clears throat> it's really easy to get a beer permit in the city of Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, you just walk in, you get one. As long as you, as long as you pass code inspection, you get a beer permit. It's zoned where you can go open up a bar. And a lot of these people don't have any business owning a bar. They're using it as a front to launder money, uh, run drugs, all this other stuff. So, they don't care about who comes in there. They don't care about what the repercussions it has on the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, say what you will, man. We did run our places right. Yeah. You know, we never had shootings, any of that kind of stuff at our places. Now, it was a nightclub. We were open late. It is what it is. But when we were doing that, the King Edward and stuff wasn't open yet. Yeah, you were pre-King Edward. Or pre-King that, Edward. And there you know. wasn't that many people. I mean, prior to the King Edward, there was downtown apartments. They were, you know, they were but, in weird places. They yeah. weren't official. It was like somebody had to... The 12th floor of an office building was also an apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, I lived at that time. There pre- was Ironworks. Ironworks Dickies. was one of the first one, Dickies. And, and I actually ended up living in the Dickies for a couple of years. But before the King Edward, I lived on in Tong Bigby, if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where that building is. It's across from Fire Chips, old place. Yeah. Yeah. And they had those. And those kind of were just kind of starting up. But the King Edward kind of brought more people down there too um and it's sad to see that that's not you know working out the way that everybody had anticipated and also considering that was again 14 years ago i thought we'd be a lot further along in that downtown development than obviously we've regressed from that sure well you know when we me and chip moved down there or we opened up 105 and like i said spring i'm sorry fall of 03 maybe it was 04 anyway right down in that in that time frame and it was 03 and we were sold this dream that Fair Street was going to become a thing. Performer Marketing was a yep. group out of Memphis that had done Bill Street. I remember that. You know, and eventually, and you know, they they gave them access to the parking garage because you couldn't use the parking garage was the the whole first floor of the parking garage. Nobody could do anything with you know, and it's set up for offices and restaurants and bars and all this other thing that you can go in and develop. Mm-hmm. Nobody could use it for a while because Performa had it locked up. And then they weren't doing anything with Ferris Street. I remember they were supposed to have a BB King Blues Bar and a well, that, Wet Willies and all these things yeah. they were going to have. Like, well, that was under that was actually under David Watkins. Lebs later, yeah, the Watkins Group with the BB King. Now the BB King may have been something they sold this sold this dream of, but mm-hmm. that was literally going to happen with the Watkins thing. And man, they got over they got all them historic tax credits and realized what it. Now I know that there were some shenanigans that went on too. I'm not being yeah, I'm not ignoring that either. But one of the reasons those shenanigans took place is because they they got in there and realized just how much work it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the foundation of that King Edward building had to be gutted out. Yeah, not the King Edward. I'm sorry, the, the one that we're going to put BB Kings in. Okay, these, these buildings are just facades. I thought the King Edward had to be King Edward had to be drained, didn't it? I'm sure. I think it was. I think it was. I remember the. Remember when you'd go in there in the 90s and yeah. it was the was it the ballroom or whatever mm-hmm. it was it called? Was a, collapse. It was collapse, and there was water all in there, like know, an indoor pool. Yeah, it was like an indoor pool. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, all that say all that to say this. You know, people have gone in there the last 20 years and invested billions of dollars, mm-hmm. literally. Would it be? end up renovating these buildings downtown and unfortunately the city can't get out of its way to uh, can't quit cutting off its nose to spite its own face 
They built the convention center with that sales tax. We were a part of that taking place. Everybody was all for that at the time. I was like, man, this is going to be great. This is going to be the thing, the linchpin to this development. How does this not work? Wow, they showed us how it won't work. Repeatedly, it's lost money every year since it's been open. Then, then you know, you, uh, an, an unexpected thing happened. And we're, when, we get, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into this James Williams third DUI stuff also. But when we come back... Uh, one of the unexpected things that happened was the uh, the center city center complex center complex whatever it is yeah the one on the corner of Lamar and Capitol the one with the building just like the fire alarms went off and it just uh, the I, whole yeah, building the water yeah the water lines water. broke That's during right, the yeah. ice storm and it mm-hmm. flooded the whole building That's, That's what a I'm cool about, yeah. building it's, yeah. got a, it's got a nice atrium area I went to a Jackson, landmark building is that landmark what's building called? That's it. I went to the Jackson Free Press Awards there one year in the atrium it was a really cool building mm-hmm. uh, it had a Bank Plus in there forever anyway. That building is destroyed. That's what I've heard. I heard it's completely like, ruined. Legitimately, it's going to have to be completely gutted, everything, or just torn down. Mm-hmm. But now nobody wants it because the cost to fix it is more than what it's than what it would cost to build a new building. Yeah, I mean, from what I've heard, so, I've heard that thing because I think Swartz and Associates had moved in there. I remember because I had friends over there. I think at that time, and then that happened and. They had to move out, obviously, and so I mean, because I think they were running. Didn't they want to give that building away to somebody at one point? Yeah, at some That's point. At, at some point, uh, I think they. And now they. The last I heard was, uh, give it to HUD, basically, mm-hmm. or whatever the Mississippi version of HUD is. Okay, the housing authority or whatever. Mm-hmm. And turn it into low-income apartments. Because that's what downtown needs is some good low-income apartments. That building was supposed to have been turned into a grocery store. I remember that. That was back... Well, there was supposed to be a grocery store in it. Yeah, I remember that that was supposed to happen a and, long time ago. And that and that's the problem with downtown. To put a, You've lived down there, I think you'll agree. Mm-hmm. To, to, to put a period at the end of this sentence. The problem with downtown is it's not convenient to live downtown. That, is the, that was my biggest problem. Even though I lived there for... God, about seven, eight years, and um, and it was it was convenient because I worked downtown, yeah. so that was it. But other than that, when you're trying to go do anything, like you do grocery shopping, I mean, I'd always gas station, gas station. You know, there's a Shell station right there on South Street. Yeah, that's about the only thing. But the um, and that was all closed at five, by the way. Yeah, exactly. So for, you for good reason. Yeah, I don't understand that. But so you'd have to. Um, I'd either go to obviously McDade's back then in Bellhaven, or I'd have to go to you know Kroger, which is kind of just it was a pain. Yeah, there's no that, bodegas you know, or nothing. little stores or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. once you the whole point of moving downtown was supposed to be able to kind of be able to just walk to the little places and it be yeah. be easy. It, it was anything but you had to go to a grocery store, typically back in the suburbs or mm-hmm. or at Bellhaven. Yeah, or then you had to, and then you had to park in the parking garage, use a grocery cart, or somehow get you all your groceries up. That was a pain in the King Edward, and when anybody wanted to visit you at the King Edward. Finding them a parking spot was part, unless they went to valet, which yeah. I mean, somebody comes over to your house, do you feel like paying for the valet every time? No, I mean, you yeah. don't want to do that. I mean, it's so that became a pain. It does, and that's, and that's just part of it. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hit this James White the third DUI. That's our double murderer that the Mississippi Parole Board thought would be a good citizen to put back on the streets. Well, we're going to unpack that a little bit more here now that um, WLBT and others have jumped on this story that I broke. This is. All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We're live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Man, all that talk about downtown. Let's talk about something good about downtown. How about Martin's downtown? You're home for the best blue plate in Jackson. Get over there today. I believe it is fried chicken uh, is the blue plate special on Fridays. Mm. 
And let's see here. Also, the tonight. ribeye tonight, right? Huh? Ribeye bites tonight. Is that what it is? Bite night? The ribeye, whatever. It's ribeye. Yeah, ribeye. Ribeye ste- rib steak night tonight. Ribeye steak night, yeah. Yeah, ribeye steak night tonight. Get out, check out the patio. There'll be football games on. The football game's like seven days a week now, so... <laughs> Pretty much anytime you want to go by Martins, there, there'll be a football game on, I'm sure. Tonight's Nothing. the World Series, too. Starts tonight. That'll put butts in seats. I've been, I know. Nobody's about, I love baseball. It's, you're right. Baseball just doesn't do it to people. No. It's just, no. You know, ba- it, baseball ain't doing it. I'm calling it the Border Crisis Series because it's Texas versus Arizona. So that's what, that's yeah. what, that's what I've been calling it. It's the Border I mean, Crisis. I, I guess go Texas. Yeah. I'm, they've never won one. So yeah. I'm kind of, I'm rooting for them. You remember Arizona won. The one in 2001 when the yep. Yankees were playing them right after 9-11. Everybody in the country was rooting for the Yankees. And so they've won one, but uh, Texas has not won one yet. Yeah. And, and Diamondbacks got to be one of the worst names and logos and yeah, all yeah. yards. It's just so ugly. It reminds me of a Pontiac Aztec. In Phoenix, you know, I've been out there. I've been to a few Diamondback games. And Phoenix is one of those towns where nobody's from Phoenix. When you go around Phoenix, cause I got a job there once, and I thought about moving out there. And, L.A.'s like that. Yeah, L.A.'s like that. Nobody's like from – so every time there's an out-of-town team – that's where all the people go. Like if it's like if the Chicago Bears show up and play the Cardinals, yeah. it's all Chicago fans because nobody's like really from there. Yeah. Uh, all right, so look, get out there, check out the World Series starting tonight at Martin's, and of course live entertainment tonight. They got Josh Taylor and John McNaughton. That starts at six p.m. and that's free. So get over there, check out Ribeye Steak Night. Get by Martin's seven days a week, open eleven a.m. to two a.m. and uh, enjoy. It's one of the best plate lunches and best dinner menus in town i'll tell you also try that try that ribeye steak gyro yeah that's good that's really good really good so that's martin's downtown get out there tonight tons of great entertainment check out martin's downtown jxn.com and you can always get your food delivered again start at martin's downtown jxn.com and before we get into the james williams stuff i think we got jerry on the line hey Mm -hmm. jerry hey man uh, real quick, this has nothing to do with what I was called about, but another reason to pull for a Texas Rangers is uh, Nolan Ryan pulls the first effort up, up, up and find out with Robin Ventura. <laughs> yes, of course. Have you seen that Nolan Ryan series uh, documentary recently, Jerry, that just came out? No, of- I haven't. I it, love that guy. It's though. really it's good. So it, it's yeah. really good. It just, was, I have to watch that. He, yeah. was the last, he was the last true badass in baseball yeah <laughs> and he played till, i think he was in his late 40s i believe that's right he, he played a long time i remember he and a guy named uh jr richards and uh they pitched for the houston astros at one time and jr wound up having a stroke big six foot six guy through like 100 miles an hour too they were almost unstoppable together well look i appreciate you having those guys on running for uh uh, county supervisor, but you guys, it goes back a long way. There's so much money. I think I text you, Clay, that there, there's shenanigans going on. That's why they fight so hard for a $50,000 a year, quote, part-time job. And uh, it, it's amazing. And hopefully they can win. It goes all the way back. Last, I remember D.I. Smith being on that board and Steen upset him. And, you know, Gerald Steen is Basically sides with those guys. It's pretty much whatever y'all want, and he does it. Now, he has no opposition running against him in Ridgeland, which is amazing, but um, it's, it's funny. I hope they can get elected. Thanks for having them on. You're right. we got to get people out to vote, but there's a reason that you need to be um, you know, for one of the supervisors, and, um, and, that, and it's not just them. There's a lot of people with last names that you probably know and you know, think you respect that are in that county, county offices that, that do the same thing. So it's, 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 it's amazing. But anyway, thanks for having him on. Yeah, Jerry. Appreciate you, brother. Right, thanks, man. Uh-huh. See you. Bye-bye. Yep. 
Good call from Jerry. And, you know, that, look, the the super local political stuff, like the board of supervisors, I mean, admittingly, guys, I don't live in Madison County, so I don't want to say it doesn't interest me. I'm just not as engaged in what's going on in Madison County because I don't. there's name familiarity issues, location familiarity issues, what districts are what. So if, if, I, if, I, if I don't have all the right answers or, or ask the right questions on, in interviews like that, it's just because at the end of the day, I'm not a part, I'm not a Madison County citizen. But I will tell you, uh, Jameson Haygood interviewed those guys the other day, and I put it up on my podcast forum because Jameson doesn't podcast all, all of his stuff. I put it up on my podcast. I highly recommend if you want to know the nuts and bolts of how everything is is uh of how the sauce is being made, how the sausage is being made over there in Madison County. Go back to my podcast from a couple days ago and just the the one that's titled Jameson Haygood and Chip Matthews and Timothy Jenkins. It it tells you how the sausage is made with what's going on in Rankin County. I mean uh, Madison County. So, well, I accidentally said Rankin County, so let's go to Rankin County. Yeah. Sean, um, I woke up Saturday morning, last Saturday, and I've gotten tagged in some posts from a family I've I've become close with the uh, the Williams family, Zeno Williams, Zeno Mangum, mm-hmm. uh, Zeno Mangum. I'm sorry, the Mangum family, not Williams. Um, and the the fella James Williams the third that had killed Zeno's mom and stepfather, which would have been James' father, right. He uh, he tried to kill these. I want to paint this picture because I had a I had somebody reach out to me and suggest that I needed to meet this guy. And if I would just meet him, I would I would change my opinion of him. And I will not. I will not be meeting him. But the, I want you to paint the picture real real quick again for people why I'm so adamant about this. This guy tried to kill these people for a week with rat poison. Bless. He wanted he wanted his dad's insurance money eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I'm reading. I've got an article about it. Too. Then he then that wasn't working fast enough, so he shot him and killed him. Then he chopped their bodies up. This is sorry. This is brutal. It is Halloween weekend. Chopped their bodies up, put them in bags or garbage cans or something or another. Drove them from South Jackson to Rankin County, right over there by Shallow Park. Yeah, a block from my house. Dumped them there. I forget how long they were there before people started. Before people found them, it wasn't but a couple of days, a week, something like that. Maybe the next day. I I I'd have to freshen up my the story, but. He came up for parole. He was under 18 when he committed those crimes, was charged as an adult. I think he was 18 when he finally went to jail. But he was under 18 when he committed the crimes. Mm-hmm. A law changed in, in maybe federally. The U.S. Supreme Court. Supreme Court. Yeah, ruled that um, people under 18 could not get, be sentenced to life without parole. That was a violation of the Eighth Amendment. Without the possibility of parole. Without the possibility of parole, yeah. So that, so that means he could have still spent life in prison, but he still had to be put up for parole board hearings. Well... As good of a job as I think our new MDOC commissioner has done, Burl Kane, I think he's doing a really good job. This is one of the this is one of his pet projects that I think has been a complete failure, and that was saying that this guy was a a model citizen. I mean, a model prisoner. He's a prison preacher, converting people, all that stuff, and that's great. God bless him. I will never, I'll never, uh, I'll never knock that. Even though I think some of this prison preacher stuff is a bit cultish, but I get it. I get it. You know, you always there, thought I, the same thing. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather you be in jail reading the Bible. Yeah. than be in jail uh, figuring out how to how to make hooch and or start drugs a, and starting a gang or start your cocaine empire after you get out, like that movie Blow. Like yeah. you're, not, you're not worried about yeah. that. And not learning how to become a better a better criminal. Yeah. So I, I get it. So, but that's still no reason to be paroled out. Well, the parole board decided. I, I guess in some local church sponsored this. Decided that. That, that this guy deserved a second chance amongst everybody else. 
And we fought and we fought and we fought about it on this show. The family fought and fought and fought to no avail. And there's a lot of shenanigans that took place with them not being notified about his parole and all kind of stuff that should have null and voided it anyway. Mm-hmm. But neither here nor there. It happened. He got out. Here we are less than six months later. He gets arrested Friday for a DUI over in Pearl. And I, I do want to make a correction. I said I thought Rankin County had arrested him. Pearl arrested him. I'm going to read the story real quick. This is on WAPT, I mean WLBT, uh, posted last night. It's a, in a short. It says, a man who, contra- who was controversially paroled after spending more than 20 years behind bars in the brutal killings of his father and stepmother has been arrested months after his release. James William III, I may have said James White earlier. I think somebody uh, said I did, but if I did, I apologize. It's James Williams III was released from prison in May despite a petition and repeated protests from his victims, family members, and dozens of Mississippi lawmakers. And I mean dozens. I, I personally talked to a lot of these people. According to Pearl Police, Friday, October 20th, a car was discovered in a ditch in front of the Valvoline on Highway 80. However, there was no one in the car. So this wasn't just a DUI. This wasn't just a swerved and, you know, hit, came over the white line. He wrecked his car into a ditch drunk. Yeah. Police say they walked up to the Valvoline and asked them if they knew where the driver of the vehicle was. And uh, their reply, yeah, he's in his office. I guess that means to insinuate that he works there. And they said his office. Uh, James William III admitted to being drunk and wrecking his car. He was arrested for DUI first offense, which is a misdemeanor. He was booked into Rankin County Jail and bonded out. Now, my understanding is uh, I spoke with Zeno Mangum, the mother, the son of the, the mother that was killed, of his stepmother. Mm-hmm. And I believe that MDOC did go pick him back up and put him back in there until a parole hearing right. can be had. And I haven't had a chance. I'm doing this in live time here. I tell you what, it's only another paragraph. It says, uh, at age 17, Williams killed both. James Williams Jr. and his wife, Cynthia Williams, by shooting them with a twenty two rifle in December of 2002. Williams then attempted to dismember the couple in order to fit them inside two Rubbermaid totes. In 05, Williams was found guilty of murdering his father and stepmother and was sentenced to more than 60 years without the possibility of parole. However, due to the Supreme Court case, uh, the possibility of parole was found unconstitutional. Uh, a total of 27 Mississippi House members asked the parole board to reverse their decision to grant James Williams third parole, calling it a public safety issue. In light of his arrest, the family of Cynthia Williams sent WLBT this statement. Uh, in short, real quick here, the, William, the Cynthia Williams family wants to know if the Mississippi State Parole Board still feels that the community is better served to have James Williams in the community. Drinking and driving, that can be, in, still, still wants to have James Williams in the community, drinking and driving, be incarcerated for the double murders that he is guilty of committing. You know, the first thing I want to say about this, too, is um, if you if I let's say I'd kill two people and then I got parole when I was 17 and got parole. The last thing I would do would be to stay in the community where that happened. I think I'd move. Right. It just seems like that. Would, I, mean, I don't know what the parole rule is in terms of leaving the state, but I'd maybe move to another city in the state. Well, he, he had to go live with his He went to go live with his mom. Was that part of the deal? OK, like, well, I don't know if it was part of the deal, but he, he went to go live with his mom who happens to still live in Rankin County. OK, OK. But she, I guess they. He went to live with his mom, but he was he killed his stepfather, right? Stepfather and stepmother. No, he killed his father and stepmother. Father and stepmother, okay. Yeah, his blood father and stepmother. Who is uh, my who is Zeno Mangum's mother. Yeah, you know, and I know um obviously I've dealt with tons of 
probation revocation, which is different than this. This is parole. Right? He wasn't, you know, he wasn't sentenced to any probation. He was sentenced to life without parole, then reduced to, you know, possibility of parole. Um, so there's different standards. But if it's anything like uh, probation revocation, you know, you have certain things that you can't do. Obviously, like test hot for drugs, and that's a violation. Mm-hmm. And then they call what they call a technical violation. Now, if you do something like you uh, commit another crime while you're out on probation then they can revoke you know all that time that you had what, what's called suspended time yeah and uh so um here i don't know exactly what the standard is in terms of a parole where there's not suspended time hanging over his head or they can just send him back for a specified period of time and then he has to be reviewed again i'd, I'd have to look at what that is but i assume it's something similar to a probation revocation hearing yeah and i guess that's probably what they're going to look at now I, I i would think so and, and here's something i brought up the other day when i talked about this maybe it was monday Friday night, I believe this happened Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Friday didn't have a time on here, but let's just say Friday night, Friday afternoon. Well, it would have been the Valvoline store would have still been open, so it happened. Let's just say before five o'clock Friday. Friday was a huge day in Pearl. Was it? First off, it's just ton of traffic. Period. You know, in Pearl on Friday, okay. the shopping centers, all that stuff. Yeah. It was also Pearl was hosting the Pearl Brandon. Football game. Oh, okay. So you have the Rankin County Super Bowl going on. You have all these high school kids driving around in vehicles. Mm. This guy's out playing bumper cars in in Pearl. I mean, did he hit another car? No, but I'm just saying. He's out just recklessly driving. Runs into a... Bro, you got to be drunk to just run into a ditch all by yourself. Yeah. I mean, that is... I mean, blackout drunk. That's pretty drunk. You you know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's take a break real quick, come back, continue to unpack this. We'll hit some more topics. If you guys want to call in, 601-879-0002, Guns and Gear text line, 769-241-1944. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Hey, guys, if you need any rental equipment this weekend, you got a project uh, you're working on around the house or on the job site, Hit up rental, reliable rental equipment right there on Meadowbrook Drive, Meadowbrook Road there in Fondren, right out there in North Jackson, right across the street from the old Meadowbrook Movie Theater. It's reliable rental equipment, everything from zero-turn mowers, golf carts, side-by-sides, backhoes, hoes. You can rent it all. Uh, trailers, the whole nine yards. Dumpsters. Man, that's a big one on the weekend, doing a job, doing a cleanup around the property. Rollback dumpsters, they got it all. They even got people who can do the work for you. I don't know how quick they can be summoned. It's uh, today's Friday. I don't I don't know if they got a crew that can come together that quick, but they'll let you know. Uh, check them out online, ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com. ReliableRentalEquipmentMS.com. Also, you know, if you if you need a big piece of machinery, big piece of machinery, but you aren't one hundred percent confident in working it, they got uh, they have folks that can come do that for you too. They're available on day rates. And uh, save yourself some save yourself some time, some heartache, and eventually save yourself some money by letting somebody else do it for you if you're not 100 percent confident in doing it yourself. Also, it's getting dark earlier outside. Don't forget they have Taylor Taylor Lighting outdoor lighting solutions available. They have some lighting that can run for up to 28 days on one tank of diesel to cover all of your lighting needs uh, for outdoor construction projects, events, and more. That's reliable rental equipment. Right there in Jackson. Uh, great to see a family, a local family, reinvest back into Jackson. I love seeing that. All right. I wish I could afford to invest back into Jackson. <laughs> Sean, 
You know, I was thinking something about this parole board stuff, um, and we're, we're bringing up Pearl. This is where the arrest happened in Pearl. Correct. We, we both know about another event that happened in Pearl over 20 years ago with another guy that was under 18 years old, which was Luke Woodham. Yeah. And, I mean, I know that in years past I've read articles about, you know, his possibility of his parole. And I would – what do you think? I don't think that's something that even the parole board would even – I think that crime was so horrible – that that's something. And now this crime, though, when you when you read this, this is terrible. I mean, this thing James William did is horrible. I mean, I mean, it's you know, and I'm, and I'm a guy that's probably seen almost every kind of murder you can see, and I'm reading it like putting in the bodies in Rubbermaid containers and trash bags. I mean, that's that's some rough stuff. And, I but, never I never thought of the parallel, but they, I mean, other than the amount of victims, you know, mm-hmm. the very very parallel. And I think the 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 premeditated uh, side of James Williams. Mm-hmm. It's possibly even worse than what Luke Woodham went and did, right? How many? How many people did? Uh, it was two students that Woodham killed, and like just, I think seven. I'm just pulling up here. Yeah. Seven others were shot, and two were actually killed. And he killed his mother too. Killed, yeah, by bludgeoning her to death. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but I think that you know that crime obviously shocked not only the local conscience but the national conscience because yeah. everybody that was kind of the first one that we all remember happening. I think Columbine was first. I no, that was look, two years after. Actually. Was it after? It was, yeah, ninety nine. Yeah. Columbine happened nineteen ninety nine. Okay, okay. I was thinking Columbine was first. Okay, yeah. So this Pearl is the one. Was kind of the first one. That's right. Yeah, and um, and I had saw an article in the Clarion Ledger a couple of years ago talking about Luke and they were you know he was up for parole or something. Like, I believe that's correct. And do you remember reading that? I, I think so. And I also know that a local church. Uh, I, this is what I saw online. If I'm wrong on this, I do apologize. I won't say the church's name. A local church made him their 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 point man for their prison ministries. And I know there was a big uproar about that. Yeah, about Luke Woodham being the yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like we were talking about, like, look, I, you know, I hope he's, you know, the the point of prison is supposed to be rehab. I don't think that's actually what happens, but no. I think that's supposed to be the stated point or goal of it. it sure. Of course, it's different. So, you know, hopefully, he's he's you know changed over those years. But that crime was again so horrific, you know. But this one is pretty bad too. And I was telling you at the break. A friend of mine, I'm not going to name who it was, was one of the prosecutors that worked on the James Williams case back in 2005. And, you know, he was kind of telling me that it was it was just sickening to them. And these are guys, you know, people that this is what we do is what we deal with. And when you know, when I feel like when one of us says, man, that's hard, that it it, that tells you something, you know, because it's like, you know, you see every kind of murder that that there is. And then something like this is so bad. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I just wonder if like, maybe the, the publicity of Woodham would not allow that and where this one didn't have that kind of publicity, even though it was so horrific, and allowed that to happen, even though they're relatively the same age at the time. Too. Yeah, you, know, you can go back and pull up some of the media stuff, and it, it was covered here locally, mm-hmm. but I don't know if maybe it was because of the, the, the time in between when it happened and when the trial happened. It seems to have been several years. Yeah, it said one, and the trial was actually in 2005. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, maybe it's just the – the shock of it had had gone away, and I'm curious too, what maybe had been going on in the world. Did it say when in one? Um, I think yeah, I just saw it. It was um, um it was no, it just says in 2001. I, I, I because I wonder if a national event like 9/11 happened could have been. It took our I mean, attention away from it and just from everything. Yeah, and and possibly is the reason why we don't we don't remember it as much. And then of course the trial not happening for four years later. Right. Uh, it kind of kills the. It is Hines County, right? Yeah. Four, you know that. I mean, yeah, it took enough. four years to get to trial, especially back in those days when uh, there was a Clarence Ledger series back then called uh, "Broken Justice" around the mid two thousands, and it was the 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 situation then 
I mean, even though there's more cases on the docket now, but the time to trial then was pretty bad where, you know, the Clinton ledger had actually run a series investigating that. So that, that does make sense to me at that time period that it would have probably taken um, that long to get to trial. So. Interesting. So that, that is an interesting parallel. Would, would we, not we, I guess when I say we, I mean the state, would the state consider paroling Luke Woodham if they did this guy? Yeah. I mean, all things being equal, if Luke Woodham is as equally of a model of a prisoner, Given the same timeline, he is available for he is up for, he can be paroled based on the Supreme Court thing. Of course, yep. I do not believe he should, but they're setting a strange precedent, a dangerous precedence here by allowing a guy out into the community. Well, I mean, and man, I just I said this the other day on the show, Sean. If this guy had killed somebody or hurt somebody while oh. drinking and driving, the the blood would have been on the hands of that parole board. And I'm gonna tell you this: if it had been my family member. Their blood would be on my hands. Yeah, I mean, I could, you know, that would have been bad if somebody had got killed uh, in that, you know. And I, I think though, with as regards to Luke Woodham, you know, I know that crime now happened twenty six years ago. If you can imagine that, I remember exactly where I was. Oh, me too. I mean, I was in my freshman dorm. I I was, I was in Pearl. I was working for Capital City Beverage, riding on a beer truck. It was one of my first, like, quote unquote, real jobs out of school. And we had been, I was on a package truck that day, which goes to convenience stores, grocery stores, sure. et cetera. And we had passed by as chaos was unfolding. Because I saw all the, I remember we seen all the blue lights and stuff yeah. on Highway 80. Uh, we were going out towards Brandon, maybe. Mm-hmm. Man, did they sell, am I misremembering? Did they sell, did they sell beer in Pearl in 99? In, in I don't think was so. Was it still dry? I don't know. I don't know that off the top of my head. I now. was working on the beer truck. Okay. Let me do, let me, let me. You were with the beer. I was with the beer. <laughs> yeah, we got that. I was okay. with the beer when it happened, and I remember the breaking news thing on the radio. Yeah. So I may mis- be misremembering a little bit here, but I do remember being on the beer truck and hearing the breaking news on the radio because they broke into whatever we were listening to and said there's been a. Uh, yeah. They didn't, they didn't even call them mass shootings, and there's been a incident. At, at Pearl High School. Oh, I was at Ohio State actually at that time. My first year as a freshman, and it broke on the TV. Yeah. You know, it was national immediately. That was a huge. Like yeah. I said, it was one of the first times that had happened, and you know, on that scale. So, I mean, th- th- that was my question though. So, how do you think the community would feel about that that crime being twenty? You think it's still enough in the public psyche? I guess, bro. Even though it's so long ago, bro. They let Luke Woodham out, and he had to go back to Rankin County. I mean, it, it, it would turn into a nineteen sixties mob scene. Well, I'm just thinking, like, we're in our 40s, right? And we were young teenagers at that point in time when that happened, or whatever, just about 20. And uh, so the people that were in their Teaching. 40s then are all much older. It's a much older, you know, group. So, like, I don't wonder, like, how – I'm sure tons of people remember it, of course. I have friend, it, I have so many friends that were at school that day. Yeah. You know, that tell me about it. It traumatized them for years and years and years. we got to take a break. We'll sure. be right back. Come back into the Clay Edwards show, guys. We got about forty seconds left. Sean, great show today, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very interesting parallel between James Williams the third crime and what Luke Woodham did. And I know for people who aren't familiar with the James Williams case, that may just be absolutely mind boggling to you that we would draw that comparison. But uh, I, I think if you're at the parole board and you sit there and say that one can be paroled but the other can't, and granted, we both don't think either should be. They should spend the rest of their lives in jail. I think they're both lucky they didn't have their lives ended on death row. But Neither here nor there. Shame on the Mississippi Parole Board, and we're going to be here to shame them every day until a decision is made on James William III going back to prison to finish out his 60-year sentence. Sean, I will see you next week. Have a great weekend. Y'all stay safe. Peace.